This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, hello. Welcome to Sh- I'm watching a movie. I'm Alex Klanko. Uh, I'm re recording this intro because I did an oops and didn't have mics working properly. Um, the uh, movie we're doing is Cats, the, the thing that uh, me and Vite and a bunch of us went and saw and were haunted by. Uh, we record about five minutes of an intro and then Alice Moran shows up and we record the rest with her and that part's fine. But the five minute intro is um, buzzy and annoying and I'm just going to catch you up to speed real quick. Uh, what we talk about is uh, Cats being horrible and not horny enough. And also that the reason it was so successful on Broadway was that you could bring a lot of uh, international businessmen to it and they wouldn't quite know the difference. Like they could follow it, even though there's no, because uh, uh, there's no real plot to it. It's kind of um, dumb. So uh, uh, that's kind of the catch up. Oh, and we just started talking about uh, uh, Taylor Swift and how for some reason the CGI in her scene was even worse than the rest of the movie. Anyway, please enjoy us being joined by Alice Moran five minutes in, and then I fix the mics. Uh, hello, bye, welcome, what? Hello, we're back. Hi, we're back, we're back, and we have our special guest who also joined us yesterday at the Scotiabank Theater. I'm a different woman. Watching Cats, we had Alice Moran. Moran. Oh, hello. It was fucking fucked up, man. It It was like, um... Like there's no plot to cats, so it's almost like a toddler telling you a story, <laughs> but then with like high quality Instagram filters on it. Oh, the highest. We were just talking about the Taylor Swift but part. But it still like pops in and out of not being quite perfect. For yeah. me, Taylor Swift's part was the most glaring of when she turned her head, it's like she went out of frame. Yeah. What why do we know why he chose to do visual effects as opposed to just makeup and costume? I think to try to make them more cat like, but it Really, yeah, but, that's the magic of Cats the musical is that it's truly impressive how these dancers move and it looks but like that cats. Was the whole yeah. thing is like it's the reason that we don't have musicals that much this day, these days because I think people have figured out they don't really translate to not live. Like there was some great dancing in there. If you had seen that live, you'd be like, that was the coolest fucking shit I'd ever seen. That's what I was but saying. Seeing yeah. it is but, like, <sighs> this is my whole thing is like the cartooning of their bodies made it look like a cartoon was doing it anyway, yeah. so it didn't matter. There's there's a shot where it's like two two cats like b-boy dance or something like just like you see like they're full those were the beyonce twins oh, okay. and they were wearing sneakers they were the only, only ones ca- wearing shoes because the rest the rest of that movie is a weird foot fetish movie yes. um that was a little on board yeah, for jason but a little Derulo, off i really jason thought he almost sucked like, toe. Face, fuck that toe yeah anyway but but you see, you see them like you see like the two like b-boy twins uh uh da- dancing yeah and it looks like like a like a gif trying to sell me ringtones in the mid two thousands, like just like like just like a dancing those, baby being like, you can win this gif if you text five oh three like at like one in the morning. I'm watching. <laughs> those Beyonce twins have had a real shit year in theater. I mean, in movies because they also were in the new Men in Black where yeah. they did the exact thing. They danced. Were as- they also in the Playmobile movie? <laughs> Did that come out? That came out. It's our. I think it's the biggest bomb of all time because it was yeah. like eighty million dollars, and I think it made like two like two hundred thousand dollars. I did not even kind of see a 
preview for that until we were sitting in Cats yesterday and they did like a weird like Daniel Radcliffe plays a voice in Playmobil. The trailer, movie. there's two trailers, but one of the trailers truly makes it seem like it's 100% the same plot as the Lego movie, except worse in oh every gosh. way, shape, and form. It'd be funny if it was 100% the same plot as Cats, <laughs> where it's just Playmobiles introducing themselves and like one of them is Railway, like that's his thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to pull up. <laughs> that would make more sense if Playmobil was like a conductor is introducing himself it would as make more Railway sense Playmobil. In the Playmobil world, world than it would make in like, Cats. Cats. Where it's like, I tap dance, my thing is train, help. <laughs> I'm going to try, hold on, I'm going to find Ned Petrie. He did the most succinct um, explanation of the plot of Cats I've ever heard. And it's like a burn, but it also was like, you should win an award for this because, oh, talk amongst yourselves, I have to find it. Uh, oh, my, no, keep going. My favorite uh, uh, part of Cats is that, like for a movie that's, even though other reviewers were saying it's horny, it's surprisingly unhorny. Yeah. Unless unless it awoke something in a lot of reviewers. A lot of viewers learned that like a foot fetish or a furry fetish about themselves in the course of that movie. With the exception like of Idris two Elba scene, though was except, yes, horny. Except okay, yeah. so we is, discussed this. Yeah. So our problem with cats specifically too is that it wasn't campy or gay. Yeah. It was very heterosexual. Yeah, it was because uh, Mr. Mustafalis was. So straight. straight, he was straight washed. Yeah, so straight, and but like to the detriment of like they made it instead of making him like fun about, and gay, they made him like straight, straight and, and like beta, a beta <laughs> fucking cuck. But so like, Mama Mia is so gay and joyful, even though it's actually not made Musicals by gay can't people. Be straight, like that's the problem with any yeah. musical. Whenever they're like, and it's a straight ass time, you're like. Boo, kill yourself. Anyone in Cats was having fun, it, except for maybe Taylor Swift. No, no I think Idris Elba, Idris Elba, yeah. Idris Elba was chewing the scenery. I think Ian McKellen was also Ian having McKellen fun in, a, in, a, in his own time. way. Yes, yes. I, and everyone seemed to enjoy being in scenes with Ian McKellen. And like, did, Judy Dench seemed to love her goddamn life. Being yeah, like, it's that's me, true. old Deuteronomy, having a slow ass walk. So, <laughs> you Half know. That movie is watching old Deuteronomy walk as you see Judy Dench's full, uncgi'd hands yes. barely move. And apparently they they'd fixed that. They fixed that, but we no, we saw it today that that day specifically, so we would catch the last day where it's still the shitty CGI. Oh, we we saw the shitty CGI on purpose because I was in that theater going, "There's just no way that this is better." <laughs> but in the musical Cats, Deuteronomy comes in like maybe one song before intermission, and then has to fucking sit on stage for the entire intermission still, and people go on stage to take pictures with him. And it's a him. Sorry, they made her a woman. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that awful? I mean, I think as an, actor, as an no. art, guys. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, but the straight watching of it was very weird. Because, like, yeah, there's no, there is no musical that is made better by making it straighter. But there, every single musical is made better. Like, even if they made a super gay Les Mis. Yeah. The... Do you hear the yeah. people sing? Would be such so but fucking even fun. Like I, I do, and I do, I do empty think chairs Les and empty Mis, table like, would be better. Like, like empty chairs and empty tables, tables was adopted by the gay community when AIDS was happening. Yeah, like Les Mis to me is like, like Les Mis is more about like systems than people. So it's hard to be like this is a gay musical. But I think there's a lot of stuff in there that's like. Like this, the movie centers around a man chasing a man, which is like you could easily put that on. That's onto. true. It's quite homoerotic. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. In, 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 oh yeah. Like, 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 yeah, Bear is just like he yeah. wants it so bad. Like, if the lighthouse can be read as gay, Les Mis can be read as I gay. I feel like Les Mis would be so much better gay. 
Les Mis uh, is kind of gay. It's kind of gay, but, but I feel but like it's, you, it's it's about system. It's not about cats, people. Like whenever so it's you hard take those like, plays and you like put them in that context, they yeah. get so fucking good. Cats didn't need to be gay. It needed to be uh, sexually fluid. Like yeah. everyone should wanted to fuck everybody. Yeah, because that's yeah. what cats are. And like. who are these reviewers who said it was horny? I would. Uh, it, so. I don't know, and but, but I all want of the, them did. Though. I know, all of them did. I want it. it you know, it was, it's. I think there's so little actual like sexual content in big budget movies mm, that yeah. like that like like if you watch an Avengers movie, it's like th- that. There's nothing more chaste than the Avengers. I and, mean, and I, then like th- then to have like Jason Derulo almost suck toe, and we're like, we're like okay, like, that's the only horny part of the movie. This movie's not horny. I had an acting teacher a couple years ago tell me. Uh, that like especially in Canada nobody ever makes the choice to be so fucking horny about things and every time you do it you'll get cast because it's like mm-hmm. and every time and I have done it very few times because I'm so afraid of being like I know this isn't meant to be read as horny but I'm gonna try it horny so, uh, once and I, I have booked things horny once I accidentally made uh, an audition for the Odd Squad horny and it was a mistake fuck I played two characters and one was the evil character and they were like um you're making your evil character sexy. And I was like, oh my God. Oh God. She's like, it might just be you. And I was like, uh. Were you like, ooh, who's going to count to five? Is it you? Ooh, ooh can you count? Oh, is it too hard for you to count? <laughs> Let me help you count. <laughs> God. I talked in a lower voice for the evil one. Oh. Your voice is already pretty low. Yeah, so I went. I went down here like this. this kind of like I can't remember what I. What this the, is a weird specific of when we're mixing. When I'm mixing uh, uh, our podcast, I just mix us. Like I mix you at man's voice. I mix my voice at like bass, and I mix our <laughs> guest at a normal thing. <laughs> mix me. At man's voice. Well, there's there's like a DSer and a couple other like like little like like little you like have minor things. Broken my heart. It it sounded better. That's so funny. I, to yeah. be fair, like when I'm when I'm thinking about it, I always try to pitch my voice down because it naturally goes into this like adopted comedy voice I started doing in high school. It's like my voice has been forever ruined by the fact that I know that if I do kind of teen girl squad, it's funnier. Well, see, and that's I, what I sound like when I'm telling jokes. My voice is. Damaged. I got a callus on my vocal cords when yeah. I was like 11 years old because I screamed too much. <laughs> so it's just lower by nature, but that's so funny. I guess it is low. In my head, it doesn't sound low. It's it's not. It's, it's good. You it, got a good like low. sexy raspiness. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's it's not even that low. It's just like it's just like like there's like um there's like if you have like a, a, a audio mixing stuff, there's like things like DSers and they have like presets of being like male voice, female voice. And it's like kind of like the average of most people, and then like you hit the average male voice. <laughs> Of like just like where your frequency is. Anyways, back to cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't horny, guys. It really wasn't. There were some parts that were like that was horny, but the movie wasn't like. Uh, it's not the fuckiest time I've had watching. I want anything. it. I want cats to do well, no. and I want, I want cats to do well. And here's why: is I want the I want, I want cats too. No, I want. Uh, uh, so Andrew Lloyd Webber has another musical called Starlight Express. The most dangerous musical that's ever been on Broadway. It's not getting made. It is Horny Trains. If Cats is Horny Cats, Starlight Express is Horny Trains. The entire musical is on rollerblades. It's considered the most dangerous musical of all time because leads kept breaking their legs. Oh my God. The entire musical is trains race, yes race, uh, to try and win over other female trains to fuck. And you might ask yourself, how do trains race? They're all on the same track. That is unanswered. <laughs> there is the, the caboose. The, the caboose is a serial killer. 
who kills trains through the duration of the play. Uh, 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 he, Andrew Lee Weber wanted to make this musical before Cats got Cats made. It was a smash hit. People producers were like, "Fuck it! Like, what else you got? What do you want to do, Andrew Lee Weber?" And he was like, "Fuck trains." There was th- at one point. In like the mid '80s, late '80s, there was three versions of Starlight Express going concurrently with three separate versions of the script: two in New York and one in London's uh, West End. This is the question I always have: like when, like you always think, like if you made something and it got like famous, then you'd be able to do the thing. Yeah. You have to wonder, like, man, what would people's thing be if they got enough cred? Like if we gave James Corden any more leash. <laughs> Which, by the way, the fact that they kept all of his and Rebel Wilson's improvs, you know, even oh. though they sucked in that movie, was bonkers. Oh my god, Rebel Wilson's and his improvs were the worst things I've I did, ever heard. I did like, and it's because the it's it's one of those things where it's like they fucked up every song in that, so it's just like a musical soup. Like there's no like melody to hold on to. There's barely a rhythm to hold on to. <sighs> and then, um, but like it's the same with like the musical, same with the improvs, same with like any of the dialogue. And so that when James Corden like yells at the guy, being like. Look at me, look at you. How do you think this like lever thing is gonna work? I'm twice the size of you. I'm like, oh, an actual joke. It's not great, but like at the in in the in, in any port in a storm at that point. Yeah. I mean, so uh, so Andrew Lloyd Webber has an interesting trajectory. First of all, he's not gay. He marries women, but he's very clearly closeted. Hmm. It doesn't make any sense because I feel like if you're in Broadway, why not just be gay? But if he's not gay. He has something else that he's hiding because he he looks like a man with a that secret. That he wants to fuck dreams and cats. <laughs> yeah, he, he yeah. wants to he wants to fuck objects might be the thing. But so his whole thing was he was a bit of a failure. Like he was like bad at doing stuff and no one really respected him. And the the famous Broadway director Hal Prince fucking hated him and he was obsessed with getting his uh, approval and so that's what drove him to write Jesus Christ Superstar okay so he wrote Jesus Christ Superstar it was his one that is his one jewel amazingly written musical yeah and he, he played each song for Hal Prince on his voicemail or his answering machine at the time and then he won Hal Prince over Hal Prince directed Jesus Christ Superstar he then followed that up with Phantom of the Opera he was like a huge success after that but he is known for stealing music Stealing melodies and being like the most confusing, difficult human being to work with. But it's like, I think he just did Jesus Christ Superstar and like exasperated all of his creativity. Because I'm sorry, Phantom sucks. Have you seen Phantom? Phantom sucks. I'm he surprised made the blockbuster the musical. I'm surprised incels aren't super into Phantom of the Opera. Because he gets... Kind of gets the girl. Not I really. guess he does get laid, so incels hate that. He traps the girl, but the girl is into him, just not sexually. So incels must hate it. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a friend zone. It's a classic tale of the friend zone. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's very stupid. But he also uh, doesn't abide New York like Broadway laws. Like everybody gets Monday nights off unless you're in an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical, and then you work seven days a week. Fucking kill yourself. Yeah, like I saw Cats on a Monday night when I was in New York. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, some tough shit. And yes. then he also did School of Rock, so Justin Collette met him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, when, so I, when I went and saw, uh, so uh, uh, if you're listening, a friend of ours leading, was a third lead at this point, at School of Rock, playing the lead, and he like showed me around the theater when I went and saw it, and he was like, oh, up there, and you like, look up, and there's just, like a tiny little, like, closet room like up like three stairs like up top of the theater and there's just a piano there and he's like that's where Andrew Lloyd Webber 
writes music when he's here. It's like, what do you mean? It's in like, the theater? It's like, it's like, yeah, like during the day, he'll if he, if he's here, he'll like he needs special pianos, so he's like anywhere he is, he has the special piano there, and will go up and like pound away on it for a bit, and then come back. I'm like, that's the dumbest thing. He's like, oh, and he wears a cape, and, was, and then we just moved on. Uh, <laughs> no, he doesn't. That's a joke. I don't know, because he's like, oh, he wears a cape. Anyway, this is my like green room. And they showed me like shit, and then I was like, because he is cool. the phantom. He is the phantom yeah. of the opera. So weird. I, but, musical theater, I feel like, is like the the path of my career that I only so briefly dip my toe in. Oh, me I'm, too. That I'm like, I wonder what the l- version of my life where I'm like, no, this is what I want. And I've gone full musical theater. I wish I had. I, I never would have had the range, but I think I could have been trained to be like a character musical theater person. Yeah, yeah. And I think I would be living my best I life think right now. True life. I really, truly believe that if the Mean Girls musical comes to Toronto, that I can get cast as Alice, Karen. I saw it. It's so fucking bad. I don't mind it. You don't. I, I haven't you seen saw it. it. I've heard, only heard it. Oh, it's bad. And the singing is amazing, though. Like, it's hard stuff. But it's like every song sounds exactly the same. It's, oof, me and Adele saw that. We'll do another. Unlike we'll Cats. Do, yeah. Well, Cats, the only song that I really like in Cats, I mean, besides Memories, which is completely unearned. <laughs> like, that's what makes me so angry is that yeah, yeah. out of nowhere this cat sings about memories but it's like what are you singing about that you used to be pretty well, okay in, in the movie all the all the thing like all the songs and are recontextualized for like no reason into like stuff that doesn't make any sense I think that like, they were like maybe this will seem more like a plot but it felt yes, less they, like a plot yeah. honestly the fact that they like threw the white cat into the street to be like she's a forgotten cat that doesn't happen oh yeah but also i'm like wait so humans exist yes yeah and they're they're 80 feet tall and cats are either six feet tall or three centimeters well yeah. at one point she has the ring on and she on her, fucking her bracelet wrist. and then like later she's like holding a knife and fork pretty much regular styles <laughs> but the, but the table is huge it, and then when they're tap dancing the on the, the train tracks i was like they're the size of i don't know ants like <laughs> or like larger rats maybe also, the fact that the rats were all played by children was truly upsetting. Yeah. It's a world where mice or children and cats want to eat I them. Did, I did like that it kind of opens with a play within a play, making fun of cats, where it's like uh, Rebel Wilson reveals like she's made a tiny mouse play yes, called yes. Mice. And, and she's like saying nonsense words as the mice sing nonsense words. I'm like, that's kind of fun. like I know it's not self aware. Rebel Wilson's that. part was obscene when uh, she Rebel unzips her skin. Should never be allowed at a musical again because that song was. Sing. I was like, I can't believe they didn't auto tune you. I can't believe you did anything. Oh, and got you want to talk? You want to talk that when Taylor Swift whiffs that note and our whole row went. Whoa! <laughs> no, the whole thing is it felt like every singer was holding back. Even Jennifer Hudson. Uh, Who had so Jennifer much Hudson snuts. in memory. Her face is so not proportional to the cat's face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's this important song and you're like, I... What am I? Because I remember in the trailer when they showed you that yeah. you were. I was like, they're gonna fix that, right? Like <laughs> the fact that Sonic was like, oh, we have to do better for this kids movie that no one ultimately cares about. Yeah, it's wild because like also that song "Memories" is supposed to be stoic, yeah. and she is like boo hooing, sobbing her mind her out, nose out. Let's be clear, yeah, yeah, yeah. tears came out exclusively. So much head. snot acting. It's a very reminiscent of Viola Davis in Fences. If anyone's oh, seen yeah, it, yeah. Fences. She's got Fences. She's 
dangling yeah, snot it's, off her it's, face. It's oh. horrific. That part is horrific. I don't know. I keep checking my phone. Nothing. No one's ever going to text me back. <laughs> um, so uh, it's cats is the the Tom Hooper shouldn't be allowed. To direct what anymore. Are, what are his so, other so, oh, oh, you want to go through? Oh. Yeah. I've had a problem with Tom Hooper since 2010. Okay, let's so, hear it. King's Speech. Do I not think, like King's, King's Speech. King's Speech, I think, is... I, I remember watching King's Speech and being like, was this done by a blind man? Yeah. Because the whole movie just has like odd shots, negative space for no reason. Like, there'll be a thing of like... It, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add together. And the movie's like a feel-good, like... King gets over his speech impediment thing and like the whole direction of it gets in the way of this like nothing movie like it's like it's completely forgettable uh, and that Colin Firth should not have won an Academy Award it shouldn't have even been in the running it was it was it was it's on the par of like Charlie Wilson's war of like forgettable nothing and then like it's in it's like all over the Academy Awards directed by I I, the whole time like what the fuck though you watch it, it doesn't make any consistent visual sense through the movie in a way that's like first year film school but he like the rich kid did it so he had a huge budget I was gonna say my hot take on Tom Hooper is I hate to be disrespectful to our own Canadians but it's like a Canadian TV director yeah. has been has been allowed it's like yeah. if Jerry Chikoridi that's right I'm calling you out because you've ruined good Canadian television Woo! movie gotta my, leave my that uncle's, in my uncle's friend Jerry Chikoridi I'm sorry like these are people that understand how to hold or not even hold the camera but stand behind the camera but and they definitely have a vision but it's wrong and so but then yeah then he goes from that the next thing next movie he does is the Les Mis adaptation which he destroyed my favorite musical Les Mis love it so much and the 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 whole thing of Les Mis is like like if you think of like the play watching the play which is like to call it a play is even strong. It's mostly just people coming out and singing at you and then a huge chorus joins you're like, yes, there is a revolution coming. And that yeah. is like, that is like the majority of the movie. It's, it's like, beautiful. It's like, yeah, oh, you are sad. Revolution will fit. It's hard in times of revolution. Like that is like half the musical. And then, then the whole movie is shot like single shots really close up so that anytime there's like one person on stage and you see a person alone, empty on stage singing and you're like bawling your eyes out because of like how lonely that feels. He also didn't. He ruined that. Yeah, and he did not cast a single proper singer in that movie. Oh, Pitched to Jackman way too high. Made a gimmick of them having to sing live on set, which is stupid because yeah. you have to do a million takes. Yeah. Okay, so important sidebar. So when Les Mis came out in France, it wasn't well received. Like they did not like it, and yeah. then it was only when it like got big in the rest of the world that France was like, yeah. Les Mis is important. So then when they adopted the when they adapted the musical, the Victor Hugo novel. Uh, Notre Dame de Paris. Yeah, it was like the biggest musical, and it's so goddamn beautiful. It's oh. like honestly so beautiful. But then, because it was so big, and they like, and France already liked it, they didn't carefully do a good job like translating it to English. I think it debuted in Las Vegas. It is like a word for word, like like Google translated Google it. Translated. Like <laughs> it, like so all the poetry is like yeah. totally yes, gone, yes, yes, yeah. and it is. Like it hurts me to listen to the English version of this musical because it is, I think, my favorite musical. Well, this is what's so weird about the Les Mis thing. The arrangements in the movie are nice, and the coloring is nice. There's some good stuff in there, yeah. Yeah, like the cinematography is, I think, good. Cinematography is in um, skits in its own way, in a lot of senses. Of like that, it does do the majority of that movie is seeing an extreme close-up shot. Like I think. 
I mean, I, I would be curious as he's like someone do a data like no one would, only I would a data analytics thing of like what percent of that movie is an extreme close up show. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and also he directed Jennifer Hudson to sing Memories the way he directed Anne Hathaway to sing I Dreamed a Dream. Yeah, which is very different songs. Very different he songs. He just wanted another Oscar. Under yeah, well, she ain't getting it. She ain't get. Okay, so we go from. King speech bullshit. Lay Miz, I can't believe it. It's so beautiful and it was terrible. And also, oh my God, Russell Crowe, we won't even touch that. Okay, what's next for Tom Hooper? Cats. Those are his three. Yeah. Holy fuck! And he he keeps getting bigger and bigger budgets. I'm, I I might be missing one. Let me check. Because Cats, I just read today, Variety said it's going to lose 171 million dollars for how much it costs and for sending it out and spending on advertising and everything. I, uh, it was when I saw the trailer for it this summer, I was like, this is a truly most baffling thing I've ever seen. Like, (laughs) I can't imagine this being good. Oh, you're going to hate what's in between. Mm. Danish girl. Oh, I never saw that. I have so many conflicting feelings with the Danish girl because on the one hand, I'm like, oh, this is like a, this, this is an important story about like the history of transgendered rights. But on the other hand, but on the other hand, it is mishandled in a way. Yeah. That that man, who does he know? Like, where does he come from? Tom Hooper. Oh no. Where does he come from? Because he has to be like one of those pedophile ring guys. Because how, how does he go? (laughs) All the movies so far have been nominated. I think he got nominated for an Oscar for almost all of them. Yeah, everything we said was like... That's probably... Be the first one he doesn't get nominated. Yeah, yeah. There's no unless way. it wins Best Picture, in which case, I, okay, no, kill I was, yourself. I was, gonna, I was gonna say because uh, uh, I I called this and then I was like watching the movie. I was like, you know, it's got a shot. Is sound mixing of like that movie was mixed. That movie was mixed. <sighs> that you making some. St- you all you both making some stank face. I mean, because the music is so boring. Like that's yeah. its greatest sin. Is no, I was so bored because you're sitting there and like stuff's bouncing around the room. In like the, it uses that 5.1 surround sound. And also like the sets and shit could have been so beautiful. You know what it was like to me? It was like it was like somebody saw Moulin Rouge and was yes, like, I want to yes, take the part of Moulin Rouge that I like. And then someone also saw Chicago and they're like, ooh, I love all the interesting ways that Chicago adapted like a stagey musical into a very dynamic and interesting way better film. than the musical itself 100 percent, yeah it's so much better because they cut all the garbage out yeah and so it's like someone like watched those two things and was like i'm this good and then well the thing worked. is is that i think andrew lloyd Webber honestly th- thinks that he was playing with genre in that movie i think he thought every song sounded different where every song sounded oh, exactly, exactly. and and the only song that sounded that I I kind of like is Mr. Mistopheles and that sounds the most like Jesus Christ Superstar. Also, Mr. Mis- they like butcher like so. Oh, I can't so even. I, oh, I, I, I sat so I sat between Mollison, my girlfriend, who went to musical theater high school, had been in Cats twice. And uh, Chris Cosentino. What? Who, who she is in Cats? Uh, she was just a dancing cat. She was okay. Like, oh, okay. All right. Um, and then uh, uh, Chris Cosentino, uh, one of my best friends, and he played in uh, uh, the band in a in a version of Cats that was played. And so they know Cats inside and out. Oh my god! And the whole movie, the two of them are like, "The fuck is happening?" And like <laughs> Tom Hooper's interpretation baffles. And Mr. Mistopheles being scared cuck. Oh I will say it again. Yeah. Was because because with me, when you get to the Mistopheles part, I was so bored in the yeah. musical watching yeah. it live that when that comes, it's like 
oh, this guy's the best. And it won me over. And I remember doing Facebook Live with Anne when yeah, watching it. Yeah, I remember it. watching that. Yeah, and saying, like, listen, honestly, I was going to come out saying zero out of the four, but Mr. Mistopheles bumped that up to a two because I really liked him. And then he didn't do any of the pyrotechnics that were in the show, yeah. and he fucking danced around with playing cards. Oh, it sucks so hard. Like, and when he shot across the stage, and all those cards looked like they were coming out of his ass. Yeah. Guys, it was... When, uh, here's the, I'm going to call it now. I bet you they tapped Tom Hooper to do the adaptation of Come From Away. Oh. Let me see what's on his IMDb. Yes. Let me see yes. what's on his IMDb. And it's going to be so much footage of 9-11. <laughs> like, because like the, the musical and goes gonna out sl- of their way to like really lightly reference that. Like, you know it's 9-11, yeah. but they like don't show you the planes. Yeah. Because they have some amount of like, yo, you're here to musical. You kind of want to have a good time. We're going to, yeah, there's some sad shit in here. But like ultimately, a it's a woman singing about a plane. Uh, uh, <laughs> I have a question. Yes. Um, oh. I've not seen Come From Away. Yeah. Um, is Does it open with, in black, you hear the sound of 9-11 news footage? No. no. Okay. So it opens no, with like, people being like, comes that opens morning. With... And they're all telling like, I'm on my way to work. I'm on my way. And then they I'm all say, Tim Hortons, and I literally. turn on the radio. And then it just, it's like. It's like the, the lighting changes and like you are here at the start of a moment. <laughs> Jesus. It's, uh, Alex, it starts like this. Welcome to the rock. rock. It's a rock. We're a rock. On a rock. Have you seen uh, uh, our friends? Do yeah, that yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Vidal is in Come From Away, our friend. And yeah. uh, he did a sketch once where it was just he gets pressured into doing his part from the opening Num- I have number? not seen that. Oh, sketch. it's so funny. So he's like, oh, like Christian pressures him to do his part from the opening, and it's just him moving a chair a bunch and then yelling, "Huh!" That's very. And then funny. eventually, "Welcome to the Rock," but it's mostly just that's very, very, which good. is like truly what he does on the opening, and he has a great part in that. He has a great part, but um, yeah. so Tom Hooper has directed a lot of um, Mastercard commercials. No, let me look. Capital One commercials. But he has zero things on the horizon, according to his IMDb. But you know, that's like a, like a, oh, who's the guy who does the explosions movies? Michael Bay yeah. was like those milk commercials. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was he? He also directed a lot of EastEnders. You ever done a commercial with a director that you know thinks that he's going to be a fucking movie director in the yes. next couple of years? The McDonald's commercial I did. I did a Budweiser commercial that was like that. I won't name names on this, but a director made me do something where I was eating in a one take, uh, which meant that I couldn't do a spit bucket. And then there was coffee involved in this. And then, like, after, like, two hours of shooting, I was like, hey, just because, you know, obviously, this is decaf coffee, right? Oh, no. And they were like, no. And I was like, you've been making, I've, I've probably had 40 cups of coffee. <laughs> no. That was like, when we did a one take with our McDonald's commercial, but I had to eat a salad, and Carson had to eat a Big Mac. And by the end of the day, he had eaten maybe 11 Big Macs, and he thought he was going to die. It was very funny. There was a Taco He's Bell a very spot small with man. me and Matt Foley where they didn't make us do the bite and smile on the audition. And neither they had to cut away from us biting because like, it's clear that both of us are going to, like, both neither of us can eat it. <laughs> what was it? it? Taco Bell. Oh, that's so it was like funny. Because it was like Taco Bell had like some fucked up flavors. I can't even remember what they were, but it would be like Cool Ranch Steak. Cool, did you call it Cool Ranch Mistake? Cool Ranch Mistake. Love the Cool Ranch Mistake. <laughs> Fuck. I mean... Oops, Extreme Nacho. And that's what Cats is, is a Cool Ranch. Listen, James. <laughs> listen, James fucked up I think we, we haven't uh, talked about the most important terrifying part, which is 
Judy Dench. Oh my God. With the second she uh, turned to the camera. She stares down at the barrel of the camera for, I'm not kidding, seven minutes. And she not really several. wants you yeah. to know that cats are not, not dogs. dogs. And she itemizes it. And it goes on for so long. And then there's a pan away shot to Jennifer Hudson still floating in the air and on a magical. And then she dissolves and like, well, that's got to be the end of the movie. And then it goes back to yes. Judy Dench to tell you that cats still are not dogs. Okay, here's the thing about Judy Dench's two camera soliloquy. <laughs> um, like, you know, at the end of a Shakespeare play where like someone has a soliloquy and they're like, this is what we saw. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I said Rosalind at the end of As We Like it was like this is this is what this was and yeah. this is what this meant. Yeah, Midsummer Night's Dream so, does it like puck. so it it's like she's supposed to be telling you like this is what this all meant, except she doesn't say anything and it's nonsense, which in a way is exactly what you just saw. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's actually you but know what it would have been amazing if she had like tied it all together, like, hey, you think you just saw a bunch of bullshit, but like didn't we all learn that all these cats knew how to be themselves and maybe you should Learn yeah. how to be yourself. Also, Ned Peters' thing was just that it's a feline death cult. And yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. It's just a feline death cult. They all want to die. One person chooses it. I don't know why Judy Dench wouldn't just choose McCavity. He's ruining everyone's life on, on Earth. Yeah, I also was like, so McCavity, why would he want a new life? Like, he's got all the power. McCavity. I want so so I went and I lined up for Good Past today with uh, Chris and Maul, the two people who were blah blah. Um, a thing that they were saying of watching this movie was that uh, what they found funny and interesting was they knew the internet of cats and cats on the surface is bullshit that we laughed at. That movie had a new dimension to it. Yeah. And then she w- and then they were like, it's very funny to be like. Watching you laugh at something that like is objectively stupid of like they have bare feet and like they're fl- like the CGI is fucked up and this cat yeah, like slides was... across the floor Wild. and then also laughing at Scribble Shanks the railway cat and be like no no that one is normal the s- the feet is stupid Scribble Shanks like that should <laughs> that's that's not a laughable one uh, just... cats is the first play I ever got taken to that wasn't like a children's play because like so seldom but it still is a children's, is a children's well, play well, like, it was like the first like real play I ever yeah. got taken to when I was a kid because I live in Edmonton and we didn't have a ton of money so uh, it was like so my mom took me to see cats and it is the first time I was ever embarrassed for adults like the first time <laughs> I was ever like. I don't know. My mom was like, I know you want to be an actor when you grow up. Let's go see a play. And I was like, fuck, I can do that. I can fucking run around and be like, meow, 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 meow. And Cats is notorious for ruining uh, theater actors. Like, there's the big story of Cats of, uh, they came to Toronto and they hired a bunch of like 16-year-olds who were like non-union, made them all union, and then like fucked their careers from here on out because they couldn't do anything that after. It's like this big tragic story that I learned about in theater school where like my my teacher would just be like, and we all know the cat story. Did you guys watch, it's maybe one of the one good bits on the last season of Kimmy Schmidt where uh, the, uh, I can't remember the character's name, but Titus? a character, Titus. Yeah. Titus figures out that to be in the cast of cats, yes. you just have to walk on stage and just start yelling about yes. who you are. Yes, and he just dresses in garbage bags. <laughs> <laughs> and, it was, and I was like, that is the most salient explanation of what the fuck I just watched. Oh, my favorite laugh. So, so uh, uh, what was also fun about watching this in a theater full of people who were not there to we're not there to meet the cat, meet that movie on its level, uh, was where people would laugh at it. My favorite laugh in that was when people, when cats would ask each other, "Wait." 
who are you? And people would start laughing, being like, oh, we're about to get a song about yeah. who this cat is. I'll <laughs> just never forget watching it in the musical and being like, well, surely the second act, the plot will start. Because the first act you're watching, okay, that cat introduced himself. Now that cat did. Okay, we're about 10 cats deep. We we know a lot of cats. Like, what's but the that's deal? What it's based on, it's based off a list of cats. We all just got tricked into watching a listicle. Yeah, literally. When I came back from intermission and there was more introductions, but I can't, I, and in this movie, they weren't as bad. But Mungo Cherry, Jerry, the Mungo Jerry, and the other one, Razmataz or whatever its fucking name was, yeah. that one, I had such an anger inside of me. But it's so funny because Maul today was like, "What do they do to that mute, that song? That song's bang. It's terrible. <laughs> She's Mungo wrong. Jerry is like it, 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 she is bad. teaser. It sounds like it's a racist name. Yes. Oh, any cat's name could be a slur but and I'm not aware of it like, any, it? like if I heard it divorced oh, of yeah. cats if I, if it's people, like if you if, if you told uncle, me that Deuteronomy was like a super super yeah, racist like, thing oh, yeah, it, your uncle's like walking by like the Somali dish like look at these rum tum tuggers I'd be like shit <laughs> well, here's the thing here's the thing okay uh, Mungo Cherry is the name of a singer name uh, they sings in the summertime in the summertime oh, is it? when oh. the weather is fine. Anyways, it doesn't really matter. What matters is I fucking hated it and I can't believe that I sat and watched a movie about it. <laughs> I mean, who were the four? Like, you said that people walked out in the first 10 minutes. So, four people walked okay. out. So, so, like, I didn't notice that. Th- there was the two right in front of us were the first to walk out. Oh. Like halfway through song one, the two of them went up, put their coats on, fucking out. Halfway through song one. Then song two, two people I saw get up Go. Do you so think that's because we were laughing, like, or or do you? I know. I wondered if it was yeah. us or cats, because we were laughing so, so hard, hard, so immediately, immediately. Like, and I was yeah. like, I really thought in my head, like, you can't stop us from laughing. Like, yes, we are. It's not our fault. Yes. And also, got, if you were so reverent of this, you'd be so upset. Yeah. Like if that was Tom Hooper, I, uh, Mr. Hooper. I'm so sorry that we laughed. No, so hard. I hate Mr. Hooper. He's my enemy, and I'll and I'll sing it from the I, rooftops. I want everyone to because I I got a weird. I I watched King's Speech alone and came out fuming, and no one else saw it, and I was just mad at this movie, and everyone thought I was being overreacting, and now no one's seen it, and I got and like and no, the I ne- saw the next it. Thing it's just boring. It's te- it's oh, it's so bad. It's so, like it's, yeah. it's a weird movie that like got my ire up. And then Les Mis was a, like I saw I was like okay like like this at the end of the day like in Les Mis like there's some songs they did that bang the source material is really strong it, it, he fu- he fucked up the movie a bit but like, the uh, you know what strong. his um uh, one day more wasn't yeah. bad it was one actually more, was pretty well one, one day more yeah. bangs uh, uh, do we hear the people sing did well it's fine my issue is that they didn't hire a single singer like why wouldn't they just switch Aaron Tevitt and Eddie Redmayne why you you have a beautiful singer yeah yeah. And you have them sing Red and Black, the worst like, song. Like, the fact that, like, this I is my big problem with musicals <laughs> in general is casting. Like, they're like, ooh, she's a pretty girl, but she can't sing. And I'm like, like no, Emma but Tom- Stone, no tea, no shade, but Emma Stone, I was like, in La La Land, I was like, you are not a singer, and this is hard. But no, that's another thing about Emma Stone and Rob in La La Land. She is a singer. She was in Out of Her Range. It was so stupid. They wrote the songs for her. And it was too high, because I've heard her sing. She sang that song, like... I got a ticket. She's just like a hard alto. And they forced her to sing falsetto the entire time. It's hearing people sing poorly in a musical is like inexcusable. Well, Tom Hooper is literally to blame. He wanted Taylor Swift to be the on my own character. 
On my own, pretending he's beside me. That character. Who is that? Eponine. Eponine. He wanted her to be Eponine, and then that's a weird cast. Didn't cast her because he thought she was too beautiful for anyone to cast aside. I. That makes me even more upset. The girl they hired was stunning. Yeah. Yeah. And she could sing. She did a good. She did. But also she did Taylor a job Swift of singing song, on my own. She's I would hate in the Broadway cast. She was that in the West End cast. I would be so upset watching Taylor Swift sing on my own. Oh, yeah. she would have brutalized it because it would have been like, live. She would have like fluttered. Okay, so you want to talk? So now there's some musical shit. So Fun Home is one of my favorite musicals. It's not really a musical. It's more of a sad story of a man not coming to terms with himself and this like kind of meta play that exists around it. And I saw it in New York, and it's like. It was great. Yeah, and like it's the, 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 the music is nothing. Like there's, it's it, forgettable. But the, that's the point. Like the, like it's not about the music. It's about this like other thing. And then so it came to Toronto. There was a Toronto version of it, and it was right when I was staying mall. And like she loves, uh, uh, not loves, but like it's, it has a big history of musicals. And I was like, oh, I love this thing. She could get like through her work at the time could get free tickets to it. It's like let's go. It's gonna be great. We go have through the first song. Like, oh my god, they fucked it up so hard. They fucked it up so so hard because like the point of it, it's it's very sad. Like it's it's about a it's about the because I'm a big fan of this cartoonist, uh, Bechdel. It's right there. The, the, the book you yeah. can probably see a fun home. Yeah, uh, she's yeah. she's the the creator of the Bechdel test. I think she's one of the most important uh, cartoonists of American literature in the past fifty years, without question. Um, and it's a the autobiographical story of her coming to terms with her own queerness and her father not coming to terms with his and killing himself. And it's Spoiler. Brutal. No, it starts in the first five it's, minutes. It, it, that's, it, it, it's brutal. And like the comic's very brutal and made me cry and then watching the musical made me cry and then watching the Toronto musical <laughs> made me grip a seat knowing Maul had not seen it and I want to be like, let's go. But like she's not seeing it. I was like, I don't want to ruin it. I want her to experience it in her own terms. I'm going like, to ruin it at the front. And then she's trying not to giggle being like, this is Alex's favorite school because, like, they're singing with like vibrato. Have you they're seen going people, for have it? Have you seen anything of them doing Jagged Little Pill? Oh no. my god, Whoa. I did. I saw when Steph Malik put it on. It's so it's like awful. it is. Uh, it like I, it is truly people like Broadwaying the shit out of Jagged Little Pill, and I can I I, I can A only assume it's like smiles between it, characters. I think it would start like, well, you know what, Alex? There's something. I want you to know. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, it's so... The one that's like... You, you live... Like, them all singing that as a group, I was like, everyone needs to kill themselves. When they say, I recommend getting naked in your own living room or whatever, and then the, like, squarish 40-year-old couple, like, look at each other, kind of like, we do that, and then someone else rolls their eyes. I was like, who are these characters? What is going on? What is the story that it's trying to tell? Um, okay, here's a real question. What do you think the next musical Tom Hooper adapts is for okay. film? I wanna, come from away is a good pick. Yeah, come from away. Is I think pretty we are solid. we are staring down the barrel of that, and I'm hoping someone does it. I think it could be good. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, if I think fun it could home. be fine. No, he's a, he. I have, oh, not him and Come From Away. I think a Come From Away adaptation oh, could be. No, I don't think. I it's think you be might be able to do it all right. I'll tell you why Come From Away was good for me because as a musical, I was actually okay about it. It's the choreography and the actual ensemble work within the musical, and that's going to get lost in the movie. <laughs> he's going to do a Hamilton. No, no way. Lin Manuel will get whoever directed Hamilton. The guy who directed I think Hamilton. Hamilton is in the same place as Wicked, where Wicked, the people have been trying to adapt it for so long. 
Oh, last no. year, la- well, last they're, they're year I was talking the to the people who had the rights to Wicked, and they were like talking to me about the rights of something that I wrote. And in this conversation, it kind of got floated out to me. They're like, "We're also just always looking for people who have Wicked." And I was like, "Is this? If I can read the script, will you let me adapt?" <laughs> but you know what, though? They're doing, they're doing it in the Heights, and Heights comes out next no, summer. No, but Lin Manuel said so. It's not financially sensical for them to adapt it into a movie yet. That's why these things take years and years to be adapted mm. because they're still making money. Like Too I went to yet. New York in the fall and I figured like, oh, Hamilton must be reasonable at this point. It's still five hundred dollar no, tickets. It's still crazy. So they're still making, I think, literally like a few million dollars like a month off of it. So until that starts to die down and until they start selling the rights so like high schools can perform it, that's when they'll make the movie. Mm. So he said it's going to be about 10 years. And In the Heights took about 10 years. They waited for that to completely die down. Oh my God, Tom Hoover will do Avenue Q. Oh. A musical that has oh. aged brutally. Can you imagine? I mean, that I if if they make an Avenue Q musical, like I'm gonna go see it, but it's Look, gonna be it's. I saw Avenue Q when I went and auditioned for Juilliard. Oh my god, oh. I auditioned for Juilliard too. Yeah, when you were auditioning for Juilliard, and so like it was like literally right after my audition. And uh, what I remember most is they had those posters that said, "Don't forget we won the Tony." Yeah, <laughs> just because they loved dunking on Wicked so hard. Did it win over I Wicked? Think yeah. it beat Wicked. That's. Insane. I've seen both. And I saw the shittier Wicked. Like, I saw the Toronto Wicked and I saw the New York Avenue Q. And that's crazy that it beat Wicked. Yeah. Wicked is incredible. Wicked has, I, I don't know, parts of Wicked I really like. And then parts of it I've like, honestly, I think Alphaba should have been dead. Yeah, but she, that's impossible. She's. I know, but like, like, like. It's she, her she, origin story. She can't just die. Well, no, at the end, when like, when the water gets thrown on her, like, I think like, it, it would have been a better musical if she'd actually died if, 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 uh, Glinda had like magicked that water because when that whole musical end song when they're like hey you changed my life I'm like this doesn't track quite well for me I think Wizard of Oz comes after no no Wizard of Oz is like that the the last couple scenes are the Wizard Wizard of Oz Oz? which the water gets thrown on her so I thought it would have been better if Glinda had actually killed her and then the the reveal of the whole musical should have been that Glinda was the bad guy all along and that Glinda is the bad guy she is and she isn't though right she lets her off the hook like, so she's like what a great music chaotic <laughs> neutral um, I was gonna say actually sorry let's bring it back to Fun Home um, I think Fun Home also would be hurt on a stage in Toronto it was perfect in the circle and the square yeah. because it's a black box theater that's in the round yes. and it's very casual and, and Toronto is in the Sony not so, or what's the one on Young by Gerard that is, that is Sony. Sony yeah that it actually was, is the better theater to put it in it it, it if something's in the round, having it be out of the round is always bad. No, so, so here's the thing: is like, uh, so in the 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 Sterling Square, it's you know like like uh, Bechdel's like writing at her desk. Yeah, the whole time. but it's like at the corner. In the corner, and then she gets up later on in the musical. Mm-hmm. In the Toronto one, she's running around the stage, mm. which ruins that get up. Yeah. And then also, if also like every performance is wrong. So like you know, you know, the mom has the whole like song where she's like full crying of like I don't talk about that my f- husband's clearly gay. Yeah. In the Toronto one, she's belting it. She's got a Broadway belt through oh, that song. Oh, that's crazy. And I was like, I was like gonna like, I was like gonna like, I was like, like want to slap the front of, like being like, what is happening? But there's nothing like knowing how something is supposed to sound and then having them do it differently. You guys want to know a fun, like, wrong venue story? When we were touring Spank, 
Mm. Oh, yeah. Guys, I was in a pit touring pe- musical parody of Fifty Shades of Grey. No big. My mm. dream. Um, my dream. <laughs> uh, it is actually the most fun I've ever had doing anything. Uh, but so when we were in Detroit, we were in like a, we were in the old Second City, which is a very very shallow stage yeah. with not with barely any wings. It was very so it was like the wrong venue for our show. Um, and so there was one point in the show where Amanda Barker is standing behind me, and I'm supposed to turn and say something to her, but the sh- stage is so shallow that I turned to say something and I was just like full face was in her vagina <laughs> and I laughed. So I was like, whatever. I just delivered my line into her vagina. Yeah. The next night when it happened, our sound engineer kicked the reverb. So when I delivered my line into her vagina, it echoed. And I like, I was like, I'm done. Like I'm fully fucking done. Like I can't, I couldn't get my shit together. And so then like the rest of the week just became me like yelling Ricola into her pussy. (laughs) Gone. Which was like, I was like, this is like the funniest thing that's ever happened to me in my whole life. I don't know what I'd do if I, if like I'm in like, especially when you're in like a show that you know all the lines to and like you've been doing it we for a been, while. We've been doing it so long that we were actively trying to, to fuck like, with each yeah. other. Because yeah. like, like, then when something like, like that happens, you're like, it's so funny. Well, the me. audience was 100% on board with it because they yeah. could tell that it was a genuine thing that yeah. I had been caught off guard. Yeah. Uh, the one that the audience never got, like, why was I fucked up about is every every day show I'd open my laptop to, like, type something in this fake scene uh, and they would always put a message for me and they'd always try really hard to, like, write a joke or, like, write something shocking oh, and funny. it would never get me. But then one time I just opened it and it just said lupus and I lost <laughs> my shit. Uh, lupus is... Yeah, man, that's like I was like, this is you got me, you got me. Lupus, lupus was what did it. Well, I think on that. Yeah, I'm so exhausted. I think we've we've really gotten the racket. It's been about 24 hours since we walked out of cats, and I realize I'm so exhausted about thinking about cats. I mean, the main girl they were trying to make happen. She's a ballet dancer in real life. Her voice is, I'd say, thin at best. Yeah. Oh, she's going to be in some fucking period thing. She's just so annoying and I don't even know what she looks like. Yeah, that's the weird thing of like if you're if you're if your breakout role no one sees what you look like. There's not a single person who isn't famous in that movie that I'd be able to recognize on the street. And we stared at their faces for so long. Yeah. Why are their ears so Let's small? They would have been cute if they had made the cat ears big. They, well, they would have been adorable. Like, change the eye. Yeah, like, made them kind of like like an Alita where they made yeah, Rosa yeah. Salazar's eyes big. Like, why didn't they um, have um, a uniform way of how the cats look facially? Like, the lead girl, you could see the bump of her ears. You know what's fucked up? Like is her that human their noses ears. were so human? I think if their noses had been, like, a little bit cat ear. Yeah. It's a full fucking human they, nose the, made them uncomfortable. I think it would have been better either full animated or full costume. This like this this middle ground wishy washing. It should have been gonna... a full. They didn't make a full decision makeup. of like what the cat's faces should look like, and so they always looked kind of weird. And I'm like, you should have made them fucking cute as hell. So at yes. least people would be like, that's adorable. Yes. Or I think they thought they were making them sensual. If you had made like a chibi as hell. Sir yeah. Ian McKellen, I would have been like, yeah. yeah, all right, I came for this. Yeah. But instead, you just gave me a hairier Sir Ian McKellen. And because, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, actually, Ian McKellen looked exactly the same. Yeah. When I think of him, I think that he looks like a chimney sweep, not a cat. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, fuck. Let's just go around and let's just say the one thing. Final. <laughs> the one thing that just stuck with you from, like, it's going to haunt you from cats. Okay. Someone else start. I have to think. For me, it's. Even though every cat was naked, Idris Elba was somehow <laughs> the most naked. Like I went, oh, 
when he when he when he took off his trench coat. Okay, and because it, it was, it, it was a velour man. Yeah, yeah, it he was, was velour. It was it was sculpted. It was yeah. and and like so broad and human like, but that was the horniest part of the movie for me because I was like, no, <gasps> I, I will say the thing that stuck out to me, which is the horniest moment, and it is Jason Derulo really. <laughs> Really making you think he was gonna suck that toe. Yeah. Like, because yeah. it was so, like, prominent and innocent. Like, the shot is just him in the toe, and you're like, are we gonna watch him, like, face fuck this foot? Uh, yeah. My most disturbing part that I really will remember is when Rebel Wilson unzipped her catsuit <sighs> and to reveal more clothing underneath. And the which worst is, part is that is that they did it to us twice. Yes. That was. The worst part is what got her out of a sticky situation was she unzipped her thing again. So are we to believe (laughs) this world is positing (laughs) that the cat of Rebel Wilson (laughs) exists with a vest and and gems or uh, like rhinestones jumpsuit underneath her cat clothes. It's not that she unzipped her suit to reveal a cat body. She unzipped her cat body to reveal a suit. Yes. Which is the most Looney Tunes logic of all time. And that that the fact that it didn't just live in that scene, that it was a key plot point that got them off, I imagine, the ship, the river of sticks. Where were they? In the middle of Thames. Thames. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, in the middle of Thames. Oh, James Corden and Rebel Wilson's improving also. Improvising, sorry. I hate when people say improving. It makes me want to punch a wall. It made me ashamed to do improv. Um, the, her unzipping, <laughs> her unzipping that, which is like I think like minute seven. It's the first act. Yeah, it, it's it's the it's, first song. It's within the, the first. It's the second song because the Jellicle Cat's the first thing. Oh god! And so then, long. Um, and then, so when she unzips, I think that's when the theater fully turned. Yeah, because we were we were all, we started we started be, out like like with knives. We started knives out. Yeah. And then the we rest. We were all of, a little bit charmed by how stupid Jellicle Cats was. Yes, yes. We like were all we're all a little like, okay, this is dumb. And then there were some people at the front of the theater who were like, I was like, yeah, okay. And then when she unzipped that, and the you heard the whole it theater, became a horror movie. The whole theater at once said, "What?" Yeah, and the lineup of Beatles, which were fucking disgusting. Oh. And then she ate a beetle. Ate multiple beetles through that song. It was, it was, yeah, that's when it took a turn of like, this movie must be The Emperor Has No Clothes. It must have been like, is this good? And a bunch of people were like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. It's yeah, good. This is like working in Canadian television. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is a, Tom Hooper is a Canadian director who has hit the big time and has not learned from anything. Tom Hooper yeah. would direct such a good episode of Murdoch Mystery. You don't. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. If he, he gives us a Murdoch kill. Mystery musical, yeah, he it, would it's, kill it's a like CTV, the Murdoch Mystery where like TV he, in, movie. he invents like like a like Ableton Live. Like he invents like a synth plug-in in oh, Murdoch. That's what, how I knew that the movie was going to be boring too is the they didn't try to update the synth sound. The bam, 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 no, what, bam, what's, bam. what's wild is that. so like there's one part because Chris, uh, Chris, my friend, he plays trumpet, and there's one part, one of the songs where they kept the trumpet solo in it, but changed it from in the musical a trumpet to a synth trumpet, and he's like, "Why would you do this? Like an '80s style synth and trumpet?" The '80s, it's such a because it's got like a little like ba 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 trumpet thing in it. It's like they sh- like Andrew Lloyd Webber should be ashamed that he used that instrument so heavily <laughs> in his musical, and then they made it so prominent in the movie. Here's my There's big a question: charm they were, to... So they were in London, and we saw that there were humans at the yeah in the 
twenties based on the Where footwear. Where the fuck were people? Well, this is the nighttime, right? And then the yeah, sunrise. Yeah, so you're telling me no people are in like that giant ass square or on the tens. I like the idea that no. like it's like well, it's like cats the, might have been three centimeters tall. We no, don't know. It's it's during the time of um, Jack the Ripper. Oh. And that there's like a quarantine in London Square and that the cats are just running around. That may be. And also at the beginning of the movie, the white cat gets thrown out in a bag in the middle of the street. First of all, why not just throw, like why put the trouble putting the cat in a bag and then throwing it? But nobody had any sympathy for the cat in the bag. Like that's how much we all hated this movie immediately. That we were all kind of on the side of the woman who's like, get this cat the fuck out of my that life. That woman is the audience. And we... <laughs> woman, we, yeah. start the, we start the movie at the end of a last audience yeah. full rejecting the movie. It's a forever, forever loop. loop. Yeah, and then we... Then you see someone that looks... Like the next the next one sees someone look just like you, Vite, <laughs> throwing a cat in the back yeah. into a junkyard. Uh, I know, when it started, Rebecca is just, why didn't she just drown it? Yeah, why it? <laughs> but like, if you're just going to throw the cat away into the street, then like, there's no point in putting it in a bag. You could have just thrown the cat. There's no Re- point to any of it. Re- Rebecca told me if you was any time, because you didn't know Sarah McKellen or Junie Dench was in it, and when they first hit the screen, you went, oh no, if this is their last movie. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying, <laughs> if this is the movie, and then they die. They'll always have to say Judy Dench's last movie was Cats or Ian McKellen's. Like, imagine. I feel like there are a lot of people whose last movie was truly, truly depressing. Yeah. Like, a lot of people's last movie was, like, um, just the worst thing you can think oh, of. Oh, God. Judy Dench. She, Ian McKellen. He hasn't even won an Oscar. Let the man win an that Oscar was, before he fucking. He wins a posthumous Oscar for Cats. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, uh. John, who I work with, directed Harry Dean Stanton's last movie, and the whole thing was that Harry Dean Stanton knew going in it was going to be his last movie. He's dead? Yeah, Harry Dean Stanton died. So, know. like, he knew it was going to be his last movie, so the movie was about his own death, like a real... What was the movie? Uh, it's called Lucky, and it's just about, like, accepting the fact that you get to a certain point, and, like, even if you don't get cancer, you're just at an age where you just fucking die eventually. And Harry Dean Stanton knew going in it was going to be his final movie, and so, like, it makes it a very interesting performance, because it's, like, not really that much acting. It's like a kind of a real man reflecting on the end of his own life. And that is cats. Yeah. <laughs> We're um, all, it's all of our uh, last uh, movie. Yeah, it's all of us <laughs> staring. There's so many movies I wanted to see too, but I oh couldn't, my God, I yeah. couldn't put, I'm like, no, I have to see cats. I couldn't believe that. Like I saw cats before little women. I, I couldn't believe I saw cats before uncut gems, a movie like pitched directly uh, at me. Little yeah. women's pitched to me. Yeah. Timothy Chalamet, he hasn't been in a movie that has a romantic lead in it since Call Me By Your Name. I had to sit through The King like an animal. It was so boring. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Alice. Thank you for for having our pod. It was... By the way, we made a cocktail if anyone wants to follow along and have the drinking game of how many times we talk about Rebel Wilson zipping off her cat suit. Um, it is a mixture of what kind of whiskey is it's this? It's writer's tears and it's delicious. Writer's tears, it's tears, it's delicious. Alice, get on it. It's good. mixed with um, coffee flavored Lacroix. <laughs> and you think that sounds gross? I'm enjoying myself. It's it's a very lightly smoky time. It made it smokier, so we call this. Uh, Alice has coined this cocktail cats. Yeah, I mean that's really a disservice. It makes it sound like the cocktail and guys, is terrible. But. We finally did it. My name is Alessandra, your name is Alex, and your name is Alice. Yeah. It's triple A, baby. <laughs> Three basically the same name. <laughs> we are different versions of the same name. Well, okay. 
I love you all. Goodbye. Bye-bye.